Welcome to Panic Proof Radio. I'm your host, Jess Tyson, and I'm here to help you get out of your own way, stop panicking, and start living a life you love. this, but Jay Bear was the person who first introduced me to the idea of virtual assistants. And this is funny to me because this is not something that he's known for. He is known for his bow ties and his plaid and his MC duties and speaking duties that he does all around the world. He used to travel almost every day of every week of the year and now is not obviously or you know probably will be again soon but he has gone through a lot this year just changing his entire life and his entire work style so here today is Jay Bear he is the principal founder of Convince and Convert which is a consulting agency that helps businesses with their digital marketing strategy He also is the host of the Social Pros podcast and many other podcasts that have come and gone. Um, He is also now doing some tequila reviews, which is super fun. I think we've all kind of had to find ways to entertain ourselves in our communities when we're stuck at home. So this is Jay. I love talking with him because he has such great insight about leadership, managing teams, and just dealing with virtual life from the beginning. When he started Convince and Convert in 2008, 2009, that was kind of a strange concept. So you'll hear how he's managed that. Here's Jay Bear. Jay Bear, I'm so excited to have you here today. I don't think that this is a topic that people normally hear you talking about, so it's pretty exciting to. It's a secret. I don't. I don't <laughs> talk about it. It's a secret. I just let you talk about it. Right, right, right. But you were the one who made me aware of virtual assistants in the first place. So can we go back to about 2009, maybe early 2010, when you were- It feels like 1974, but if you say it's 2009, I'll I'll go with that. Yeah, I I, I can't believe that either. But um, you, so how did you hear about virtual assistants? You were 11 years old? I think that was it. Listen, I always tell people I'm younger. No, I'm older than I look. <laughs> Me too. It's the soft Right, lighting. exactly. We both have that problem. So, um, yeah, so you, you, well, I don't know what was going on in your mind, and that's what I want to hear. Before you sent that tweet, you tweeted, I'm looking for a VA. Does anyone yeah. have any any recommendations? So what? where were you? What, what, what I, had, were you? I had sold a, a previous company, and I had started convince and convert and it was just me in my spare bedroom and I was starting to do more stuff and write blog posts and um starting to do some speaking and things like that and I just realized like trying to do all the things um was quickly becoming a problem one I just didn't have enough time and two I am old enough to know that there's a lot of things I'm not very good at or a lot of things I'm not disproportionately good at Uh, And I thought, well, this is sort of ridiculous that I'm trying to do all these things. Uh, And I, I think I had first heard about the premise of a VA from our mutual friend, Lisa Leffler, 
I think she was the one because she's always kind of on the on the front of all the trends. And I think so when we we lived in the same town, we hung out all the time. And I think she had said to me, you know what you need is a virtual assistant. And I said, I don't know what that means. And so she kind of explained it was like assistant who helps you, but doesn't necessarily like, you know, show up face to face. I said, well, that's great because I don't need anybody hanging out in my bedroom. Uh, and, right, right. and then I literally just went on Twitter as people did at that time. Uh, and said, hey, I, I need a VA who knows somebody. And then and fast forward like 12 years and we have a podcast. <laughs> I'm skipping some steps. And that's the end. That's that's yeah, the that's whole it. show. That's the show. Um, and then, so you had things in, I mean, I felt like you've always been pretty progressive in your mindset about delegation. You, I've never had to pry things from you, which is nice. Did you, how did you get there? Did you just always know that there were things you weren't great at? Or was it a process to get yourself to the point where you felt no, like- No, I'll tell you. And it's actually right about the time that you and I worked together the first time when you were an intern, um, I read the book E-Myth Revisited uh, by Michael Gerber, which really talks about working on your business, not working in your business. And it had a really big impact on me because I do have... Um, as Jess knows, as well as probably anybody on the planet, I do have control freak tendencies. And, and that book sort of helped me understand like, okay, somebody else may not do it exactly the way you would do it, but that doesn't mean it's worse. It's just different. Um, and that if you really want to succeed in business and frankly in life, I think a lot of people could use a VA just in their own lives um, and, and they don't um, and they should, um, that, that ultimately hanging on to things where you don't add actual value is counterproductive. Like you think right. it's productive. Like if I do all these things, I can do it faster. Maybe, um, but then that eliminates your ability to do other things that nobody else can do. So um, that book is what really changed the way I thought about delegation and ownership of my own work. Um, and that would have been, oh, let me do some, some thinking here. That would have been 2006. Mm-hmm, yep. Because I came to intern, I think, 2007. Yeah. So it was right, right. around that time. Well, that makes sense. And and then it probably took more years of just practice, right? Like you couldn't just hand it all over right away. Well, yeah. I mean, number one, you you have to, you have to continue to um, stop telling yourself the story that you have some sort of unique set of skills um, that can't possibly be replicated by somebody, including somebody who you've never seen face to face. Um, people fall in love with their own skills and their own work to the degree they're like, well, I couldn't possibly train anybody to do that. It's the same reason why most people think they have some sort of secret sauce in their business. And it's, it's not secret at all. And it's not even a very good sauce. Um, but it's just a story that we tell ourselves. So you have to consistently kind of talk yourself out of that narrative. And then of course, it, it's iterative, right? So I think one of the hard things about the virtual assistant um, business is that it is inherently rooted in trust. And you can't move somebody from no trust to full trust. It's not a light switch, right? So you have to get somebody to give up a little bit and then, and then you have to prove to them that it's okay. And then they'll give you a little more and a little more and a little more. And that's kind of how I've tried to run my businesses from the very beginning is, is surround myself with amazing people and then continuously give them more until they sort of hit the point where, okay, this doesn't really work for them or me. And then you pull some back. Yeah, that seems like 
every position that I've worked with you in, I remember like when you were wanting to start social pros even, and you were like, Hey, um, I want to start this podcast. Do you think you can help? And I was like, of course I can help. What do you need? And you were like, I don't know, just like do it. And <laughs> I had never, I didn't even listen to podcasts at that time. I uh, hadn't. That was 2012. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was didn't. like, who has time for this? And, um, I just read like all of Pat Flynn's stuff and anything else I could find on the internet about how to pick the right software and how to edit the audio pieces together. I was like fumbling my way through garage band. And then now that's something that my, my team and my company do, and I do it for myself, you know, do it for yeah. these podcasts myself. And, um, do you, have you had experiences and I'm sure you have where you've done that, you've given that kind of responsibility and then it doesn't work out. And then, I mean, you mentioned you just kind of pull back, but how do you know, like, how do you know when to start giving more and when to pull back? I think you have to look for opportunities to give more, right? Um, if you say, hey, I'll just naturally know when it's time to turn over more things, you'll always find a reason to not do that. Um, and, and so I think you have to really set a goal for yourself that says, I'm going to take this amount of stuff off my plate. I don't know which stuff, but some stuff. I think that's the best way to go about it. Is and and what I've tried to do year over year, um, and and you know this, Jess, from us working together. I, I I genuinely try to say, what have I spent time on in the last year, and how can I give away fifteen percent of that, right? And and if you do that every year, fifteen, 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 compounding effect eventually you end up with a situation where you are largely, not entirely because things happen, but you are largely devoting your time to the things that you are uniquely qualified to do. And that is the best and highest utilization for everybody. I would tell you, you shouldn't be editing your own podcast. You have a virtual assistant company to do that. So do as I say, not yeah. as I do or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so just because you can edit the podcast doesn't mean you should. Right. I can also edit podcasts. But I'm so particular. Uh, right. That's, that's the right. thing. Yeah. And the reality is, you know who's going to know the difference between you editing it and somebody else editing it? Only me. You. That's yeah. the full list. That's right. the full and total list. And I'm never going to Differentiation between your work. This is true for everybody. The differentiation between your work and somebody else doing that work is always less than you think. And most of the time, it's indistinguishable to anybody but you and maybe your mom. Uh, and it's like, look, like it's fine. And I'm not suggesting that, you know, mediocrity should be celebrated and it's okay if you have somebody who does not great work. That's not what I'm saying at all. What I am saying is that most people, if you give them enough time, enough support, can deliver at a very high level um, if you just let them do it. Definitely. And giving feedback along the way. And yes, I which think, is the part that I'm not good at. Well, well I was going to say that's that you, from my experience, will not give feedback for a long time and then give a bunch of feedback. Yes. And but it, but it's still feedback. And I think because I'm up to here with it. <laughs> right. <laughs> You're like turn from happy face to <laughs> mad. face. You know okay. what it actually is? It's it's not even happy versus mad. It's that I have. Um, both the ability and sort of an addiction to have lots of balls in the air all the time, right? Like I'm always 
pushing farther, farther, farther and starting new things. And, and maybe because I just get bored fast um, and it's probably a deep seated insecurity about not being busy. But um, what happens is I'm like, yeah, that's going great. And that's going great. And that's going great. But then every day I sort of turn my attention to one thing that I don't usually pay attention to. And then I'm like, oh, okay, well, here's six things I'm going to do differently there. And it's yeah. not that I, it's just that I haven't really, I haven't really dove into it. And we're experiencing that right now in our company because I'm not on the road, but right? I used to travel 200 days a year. Now I travel zero days a year. So the good news is I have a lot more time to provide feedback and engage in oversight of the work. And the team would say, that's also the bad news because right. I'm like, yeah. Hey, I'm like, why don't you show me that deliverable? And they're like, Hey, you didn't used to look at that. And those were better days. <laughs> so it's, 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 uh, I'm it's in the, I mean, yeah, I'm in the exact same place. It's like things that people on my team were just doing. Cause that's what we always did. And I literally haven't looked at them in five years, like some yeah. of our onboarding process and stuff. And then I had that moment too, where I was like, I'm being like Jay because I haven't looked at this in so long. And I just was like, we need to redo this whole thing. And my colleague was like, Jess, what is what's going on? And I'm like, I didn't yeah, realize. We've been doing this successfully for five years. Yeah. yeah like, we've been why doing are you, why are you just now upset about yeah. it? And it's yeah. like, well, yeah. it's because I just now started paying attention. Yes. Yes. And that that is something that um we try to build in with clients and getting them to do it a little more regularly, but I think it's so easy, especially after years and years of working with people, you do, you trust them and you do expect them to do the best. And, but sometimes they just don't know all the things that you envision in each particular process and deliverable. So that's yeah, kind and of And I think the other piece of it is, especially on, on ongoing work or longstanding projects, what, what you want or what you see in your head is likely to have changed. And, and what I, what I realize um, is I have a tendency to think that everybody's a mind reader. Like when I change my mind or want to do it differently or think we can do it better, I somehow expect people to pick up on that by osmosis instead of me actually saying, hey, I've been thinking and I think we can do this different and better and here's why. Uh, and I'm, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Yeah, I you are. I can tell, um, and it's it's great. That that's I think feedback is one of the hardest things in business, especially when you're working with people who, you know, if you're the manager and and you do trust people and they're awesome and you don't necessarily build it into your process every day or every week to give the feedback. It's just not part of your habits, and you know. So then when you do it, it's it's just well. And, and I would say one of the one of the real challenges there, Jess, is a lot of people who. Um, who hire virtual assistants have been sort of one person bands or very small, closely held, like it's, it's me, baby. And, and so, you know, who's, who are they giving feedback to a dog? Like historically they just, they, that, that, that muscle of feedback and collaboration atrophies if you don't use it. That's right. That's um, right. And so when I, I, this, you, you probably would know way better than me, but my supposition is that people in a corporate environment or a company environment um, would probably have an easier time onboarding a VA than somebody who's a sole proprietor because they just they just don't know like they they're used to doing all the things and it feels so weird to now all of a sudden trust somebody enough to do any things. Yeah. That's exactly right. And and most of the solopreneur type people that we work with are exactly like who I was which was that I went basically from doing the work, 
to continuing to do the work in the business, not really understanding all the business stuff behind it that came with not, you know, the operations, but also in the hiring and then scaling. And then, right, you, you're the one that did the work. You were not the manager. The manager skills are different from the implementer skills. So it's definitely not innate. And some people have literally never had to do it before. Um, so I definitely think it's worth, um, learning more about and uh trying um so talking about just people i mean you've run pretty much people businesses for a long time and you have had a pretty good track record from what i can see of finding and hiring the right people um i'm not sure if you have a science behind it i i have a feeling that you have a feeling <laughs> about people but do you do you what do you look for how do you know if someone's going to be a good fit yeah, I don't really have like an algorithm or whatever, um, but I do have pretty good instincts. I, I've only made a couple of mistakes um, in in my career, which is a pretty high batting average. Um, partially, it's it's I I really look for people with moxie because, like you said, Jess, my tendency is to say, "Here's a thing that needs to be done." figure out how to do that thing. Um, if I have to tell you step-by-step step how to do it, well, then at that point, it is maybe faster for me to do it, right? Um, and and so that's not everybody's cup of tea, right? Um, and some of that's generational. Um, some of it's circumstantial. Some of it's personality. Some people really want, okay, give me the 32-step process for how to build an Ikea bookcase and I'm your man. Um, you know, I want somebody who can build a bookcase without instructions, and, and you can screen for that. You can pick up on that conversationally. And then the other thing, just because of the nature of the businesses that I run, and you know this, Jess, is I really look for people who are sort of entrepreneurial, right? Who, who, um, who don't crave uh, structure and who don't crave feedback. So one of the things I always ask people is, how do you like to be managed? How often do you want to speak to a supervisor, if you will, uh, and the people who who say I'd like to you know have a a weekly conversation with my manager or whatever those people are not likely to succeed in an environment where I'm in charge. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Not that I don't care. It's just that I feel like it's not necessarily time well spent. Um, mm -hmm. So you can you can look for those for those kind of things. And then ultimately, I mean, look, I'm the I'm the child of an English teacher at root. So even though we're in a you know allegedly post words, TikTok environment, if you can't write, um, it's not going to work. Right. I, you know, I'm yeah, a, yeah. I do a lot of things. I podcast and videos and write books and speak and all that, but, but I'm a writer first. I was a writer before I was anything else. And I'm still foremost a writer, um, even though I barely write anymore, unfortunately. Um, to me, if you can't, if you can write, meaning you can put your thoughts down in a sequence that somebody else can understand them, that tells me a lot about how successful you'll be in a process-driven business. Mm. Yeah, that's a great point. And those are, I mean, what I'm hearing from you ultimately too is that you know yourself so well. You know your style as a business owner and as a leader, and you know who exactly is going to complement that style. And that that cannot be understated. I mean, people need to recognize who they are first and foremost and don't try to lie about it i mean if you're not good with details for example or if you're not good with whatever it is that's not 
that's not a downfall. You just can't be good at everything. So how, so recognizing what you are good at, what you're uniquely qualified to do, like you said, and then delegating the rest, that's, that's actually a superpower. It's not any sort of downfall. And the writing piece is so important, especially with virtual relationships, when you're not tapping on someone's shoulder and you're not, you know, checking in on them every day, like, how's it going? You know, I, I think that that is so important too. And it's something that, um, I see fading in these younger gen, you know, like you just mentioned TikTok, like I had someone just the other day who, uh, we had, we had interviewed and she did great and all this stuff. And then she was responding to my emails with this, like, no capitalizations, just sort of lingo. And I'm like, we're not there yet. And this this actually, you know, maybe you can do that when you're like BFFs with me and we've been working together just internally for a while. But that kind of like sounded some alarm bells for me where it's like, I get that you're young. I get that this is like the way people do things now, but I, it's not professional. And at the end of the day, this is still a business. And it's still something that is so valuable in these types of relationships when you're always communicating on the computer with your with your keyboard, not with your voice. So I think that's great advice. Um, no emojis. No emoji. Uh, no emojis. What about gifts? I actually am a big fan of the gifts, but I wouldn't I like use it in a business letter. That's not you're true. Right. That's not true. I have done that. It depends uh, on who it, it depends. is. It depends. Um, what are, what are some of the things that your VAs have done for you? You've had everyone from like me to people in the Philippines, like tell us about some of the random tasks that you've Gosh, had. I mean, that's, that's a long answer. Um, well, as you said, we, we, we have had, still have, um, VAs, uh, produce my podcast, social pro. So book guests, um, help edit the show, create the social media graphics for the show, write the show notes. So a, a lot of content creation um, duties for sure that are kind of repetitive tasks that, you know, I, I don't add any value there. Um, we've had VAs work on bookkeeping stuff, right? So accounts payable, accounts receivable, invoicing. Uh, we've had VAs do a lot of research type things. So we had somebody from the Philippines that was doing a lot of like sales research and prospect um, research, things like that. We, we have a lot of software in our business that we use to help create better strategies for companies. And sometimes we have VAs um, uh, operate that software to like make a report that gives us sort of a starting point for, um, for ideation. Um, we've had VAs, um, in certain cases, create actual content, right? So make a blog post, make a, um, a checklist, make a downloadable thing, whatever that, you know, that's a slightly different um, level of, of skill. Um, but I've had people like book me a restaurant at Gatorland in Florida. <laughs> like, you know, this, uh, when I was traveling more, um, I had some more obviously weird ones, but you know, uh, it was <laughs> one of the folks on your team at Don't Panic, who was my VA, when I used to be the manager of my son's high school hockey team, uh, he's graduated now and in college, she got all the weird like hockey team jobs. So I was like, <laughs> I hey, can you please find a restaurant in Fort Wayne, Indiana uh, for 25 uh, 14-year-olds and their parents um, who have pizza and can accommodate a group and also have beer uh, and can accommodate a group between like 4.30 and 5.20. Like, I mean, like way crazy, like, you know, team party planning, stuff like that. And it was such a godsend because 
that is so much work and just like the drama and the back and forth. And so uh, I, I literally, cause I was really traveling a lot in those days and managing the hockey team and managing our company. I, I don't think I could have done it. I don't think I could have managed that hockey team um, without her help. It was amazing. That's great. And I think you also are very thoughtful about things like maybe you could have managed it if you were eating out at like McDonald's every day, but you value, you know, gathering people together and being in charge of the one to make the reservation and to have the good food. So I think that also comes back to your values. Um, do you remember some of the craziest besides like the Gatorland. Um, do you remember the time when we first started working together and you were like driving to the airport, I think, and you called me because you left your wallet yep. at a Sonic. And I was like, I don't know these roads. I've never been to Flagstaff. There are all, there is more than one Sonic. I never even been to a Sonic by the way, because I'm from Listen Connecticut. Out. <laughs> so that was like yeah one jess example. had to go rescue my my wallet from a sonic and then meet me on the highway which was <laughs> which was definitely not not so virtual of an assistant job right. at that point uh, that, that's like a, a three-dimensional go to a sonic um yeah that was uh uh that was not the first time i've done that actually um not the first time no i left my when i went to europe my first time i was in uh as a freshman no as a junior in college. And I was going for six months, six months trip, went to school over there. And my flight left at like six in the morning. And I went to Phoenix the night before. Um, and about one in the morning, I was finishing kind of packing and realized I didn't have my passport. And it was at home. And that's oh, a three no. and a half hour drive. Oh no. <laughs> so I called my mom. <laughs> Like freaking out. And right. so then I had to like get in my car and my stepdad, God bless him, rest in peace, got in his car and we drove toward each other and met in the middle of the desert in Arizona at like, you know, 415, got my passport and got to the plane. So yeah, oh so you were, God. you were the second one to deliver me a lost uh, form of identification um, uh, in a random Arizona location. Wow. I mean, every college kid has. If I would have had a VA in high school, I would have been like a superhero. <laughs> I was crazy. I probably worked more in high school than I do now. Uh, and I did wow. it all myself. I, I, I wish it. I had a VA yeah. then. Yeah. I mean, everybody needs some help, right? Um, how, so you talked about a lot of examples and I think those are good for people to start to think about all the things because sometimes people just pigeonhole a VA into like, they can do my schedule, they can book my travel, they can do some research and maybe that's it. Yeah. And the one thing is I, I don't very often have VAs book my travel um, because I'd rather do that part. Um, and I don't have VAs do my schedule. I never have. I mean, schedule the podcast. Yes. But I've never, ever, even when I was working with the amazing Jess Tyson herself, uh, I, I've never had a VA manage my schedule. Um, and, and so you're exactly right, Jess. Like this idea that it's, there's these five things that a VA can do is not true. And to me, I break it up into two types of tasks. There's the repetitive tasks, and then there's like the weird one-offs, right? So you have the edit the podcast, and then you have the find me a restaurant in Indiana for a hockey team, you know? And VAs can do, can do all of that and a lot more. And generally speaking, whomever you're working with can do all of those kind of things, right? So 
give them a, give them a chance. I mean, I've had VA buy, you know, anniversary gifts for my wife and da, 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 and all the stuff. And, you know, it's. Because your life is your life and, and the VA doesn't care. It's like, okay, how can I help? Well, it's, you? I would argue, and you would know better than me because you manage the VAs, but I would argue they, not only do they not care, it, they prefer it. Like who wouldn't yeah. want to have more variety of tasks instead of right. the same task over and over? Right, right. That's true. Yeah, I think we um, live for the, well, I was talking to Anne about this too, because she had this crazy thing. You might've seen pictures of it where she was like dressed in an Elizabethan gown for a speech in Vegas. And I had to find that. I had to book her at a costume shop, but it was so fun. You know, it was like crazy, but it's like, that's like a once in a lifetime thing. And, and it's fun for us to also feel like we're doing something that is for your, for purely for your enjoyment sometimes, you know? Yeah. Something memorable. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Like going to Sonic. Yes. <laughs> My first and only Sonic experience. Is that true? I've never been, I don't, I, they don't have those here. Well, I know, but geez, even when I was in like LA, I'd rather go to In-N-Out or something. Yeah, all right. I'm, I'm not okay. a big fast food fan. I have to. I know you're not. Maybe Taco Bell. <laughs> Oh, says the guy who's the Mexican connoisseur, never Taco Bell, right? Never Taco Bell. <laughs> well, although in Indiana, our options are limited. Options are limited. That should be your next move. I'm sure you've thought about this, opening like an authentic Mexican restaurant, right? I've never thought about that because my dad was in the restaurant business and I know oh. how hard it is. Um, I wouldn't open a restaurant. I've thought about opening a tequila bar, but mm. the town I live in in Bloomington is not big enough. Like, mm. I don't think we, I don't think we could do it. Yeah. Uh, it's too exotic um, for Indiana and I don't think the town's big enough. Indianapolis, right. you could do it for sure, but not here. Yeah. Uh, but maybe someday. Tequila bar and, and food truck. Yeah. It'd be, it'd be like tequila bar and like taco stand. Yeah. So yeah. not really a restaurant necessarily, but yeah. All yeah. right. I'll, I'll be waiting for I that. I need a VA to, to you know. <laughs> Well, you can just be the ideas person and like the guy that talks to people. You don't have to oh run the God. business. Uh, Mike Korak, who you know, and I have dreamed for years about getting out of the businesses that we run now and just opening up an idea store. We just, <laughs> we just have a storefront and there's like couches and a record player and like a beer fridge. Oh we just God. hang out all day and people just come in and say, I need an idea. Like, I got an idea for you. <laughs> And that's, that's literally, that's the whole business. Um, we oh wouldn't make gosh, any money, but it would be amazing. That. So did we just call it the idea store? Yeah. Uh, and then people just walk in off the street and I, I need an idea for something. Okay. All right. And then I'll be there with my typewriter and I'll yes. type up the ideas for the people and hand them the piece of paper. That's it. That's okay. It. Done. I'm in. Done. Tequila Done. on tap. Absolutely. Okay. I have some rapid fire questions for okay. you before we go into our last bit here. Um, morning or evening? in to actually get work done or to be uh, awake? Whatever comes to mind. <laughs> okay, this, I'm confused about the context of this question. Um, <laughs> That's the point. I, I am more of a night owl. I'm not really much of a morning person, so I'll mm -hmm. say evening. Evening, okay. Pen or pencil? Pen. Mac or PC? Mac. Red or white? Uh, red. That's a weird duo. Why, why is it red or white? I don't know. These things just come out sometimes. Okay. I, I, just, I just never think of those two as the opposing, like black or white, you well, know, red or green. Wine, if you think about wine, which I am always thinking Oh, about that was wine. the wine context. Well, then red. <laughs> it could right. be, or it could be okay. whatever you think. I, for some reason, I was thinking it was color, and I was very confused. Uh, oh. uh, red wine. 
That's what I thought. Um, but that's the point. You can interpret them how okay, you will. Got it. And oh, then this is it like tells a us something about therapist you. session. Okay. I should be paying you. <laughs> Apartment or house? House. Amsterdam or Fiji? Well, it's hard. To, I've never been to Fiji. Um, I've been to Amsterdam a bunch. Um, I'm going to say Amsterdam just because I really like that vibe. It's a cool town. Okay. I haven't been to either. Okay. So I was curious to know. Um, coffee or tea? Coffee. Lake or ocean? Well, I have a house on a lake. Um, ocean is cool. I prefer a lake, which is probably a controversial opinion. But here's why. I don't like to be sandy. Mm-hmm. Like, that I don't mind that is beach. not controversial. I, I don't, don't mind the beach. Would. I just, it just, every time I go to the ocean, I feel like it's a bunch of effort. <laughs> it's um, true. You know what I'm saying? You got to bring your lawn chair and all your stuff. And I, you know, and now I walk out of my back door and I get on a boat and I'm on the water. It just, it's, you know, you know how I am. I, I like to minimize hassle. That is like yeah. my MO. So I'm going to say lake. Lake. Okay. Maybe. What about pool? I've had a, I had a pool a bunch of times when I was in Phoenix. Um, pool's great, but, uh, like I would need a VA to take care of the pool. I was at a pool guy. Like there's <laughs> no true. way, no way I'm taking care of my pool. Like That's I'm true. not, I'm not a chemistry major and I'm not going to go out there with a skimmer. So Ugh. as long as you have a pool person, I shouldn't say pool guy, it could be a pool person. A, as long as you have a pool person, uh, pool is great. Um, but okay. DIY pool, not interested. Not interested. I'm not either. Um, and I have a pool and Andy is the pool guy. Of course he is. Um, so that's, that's working out just fine for me. Working hard or hardly working. I am definitely working hard. Always. Um, tequila or tequila? Tequila always. Uh, <laughs> and now I'm down because I, I, uh, I'm off the gluten now. So I don't drink beer anymore. Um, <gasps> Me too. Or vodka. So I'm basically like red wine or tequila. That's the list. It's a yeah. tight list. I don't really like bourbon very much. So I'm pretty much tequila. Yeah. I have like 50 or 60 tequilas now. Wow. Yeah. You could just, are you doing one per week? One per day. No, I'm One per day. Um, okay. But and I'm starting rotate. to do rev reviews and tastings and all that. So it's fun. Yeah, I saw that. That's that's really fun. I would love to do something like I'm that. I'm going to start a conference actually called Tech Kila. Oh. Um, like a technology. Another idea. Tequila. Yeah, I'm actually literally working on it. So that would be fun. I'm going to need a VA for that. Okay. Put a pin in that. <laughs> Just stick a pin. Okay. Last question. You talked to so many. I mean, you talk to agency owners, you talk to consulting businesses, leaders, speakers, authors, you probably get a lot of questions about like how you do this and how mm -hmm. you f work with people and all that. Do people ask you about VAs often? And even if not, what do what's your one main piece of advice that you can give to them? Hey, it's interesting. They, I don't get a lot of questions about VAs per se. I get a lot of questions about delegation and team structure and and what do I spend my time on versus what do I not spend my time on so it's interesting right it's like it's the same question people don't just put it through a, a VA prism which I find interesting right do you think um, people think that you have a VA do you think people just think you have all employees at this point I don't know that's a good question yeah. I'm not sure yeah. I guess we'll find out when this podcast drops um, <laughs> I don't know because I think it's a common structure now where they don't even, some people don't even call us VAs anymore because we're just right. part of their team. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's almost sort of like a branding problem. Right? Yeah, yeah. When everybody's virtual, you're just an A. Yeah. You know what I mean, it's sort of like, we don't need that. I mean, those like, uh, you know, and, and, and well, you know, like when I started Convince to Convert, 
just 13 years ago, we were all virtual then. Right. And we've always been all virtual, right. right? And back in the early days, we would tell clients, even big giant corporations, nah, man, we're not going to come see you. Right. Like, what do you mean? Like, we're paying you all this money for strategy. You're not going to fly out to see us and sit in our conference room and tell us the strategy? Like, no, we're not going to do that. We, we can get on Skype or go to meeting or whatever it was back then. Mm-hmm. And it was crazy. They thought mm-hmm. we were insane. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had to like consistently convince them, no, it's a better use of your time, money, and resources if we don't fly around the country right. to do that. Right. Uh, and now, of course, you know, nobody ever leaves their house. And it was like, I feel like vindicated um, at some <laughs> at some level uh, about all of that. So back to your question about what do I tell people about VAs? Um, I think what I always say is every time you add somebody, whether it's an employee or a VA or any kind of asset that costs you money, you're a fool if you're not scared. But you'll also realize almost instantly how foolish you were to wait as long as you did. It's always too late. <laughs> yeah, it's all, it's, it's all, it's literally not too late, but it's always later than it should have been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, always. Um, I have never, ever, ever regretted adding capacity, mm. ever. Even though it's an investment and it's, you know, scary to make that leap, it always comes back positively. Of course it does because it frees up your time to actually make money doing something else. Yeah. Yep. You know, it's such a simple equation, but it's hard to see until you experience it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So as soon as you start thinking you might need somebody. You do. As you soon do. as you start thinking you might, you already do. You already do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, literally, as soon as you're like, you know what, if I should get an assistant? Yes, you already should have had one. If you're starting right. to ponder it, the answer is yes. So you're it's always like when people say, hey, what if I'm being an asshole? Yeah, you probably are. Like, <laughs> if you're like, if you're like having to have that conversation with yourself, you already know the answer, right? right? You're just scared of the answer. And I think it's the same way about, I had a, the same conversation with a, a very prominent um, speaker, author, thought leader last week. And, and uh, I said the exact same thing. I said, the fact that you're asking me whether it's time you already know it's time. You just want me to confirm it for you. Need the validation. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So here you have it from Jay. If you're listening to this podcast, you already need the help. So just send me an email. Thank you so much. Well, if you're listening Um, to this podcast, you're probably already like kind of thinking about it. Otherwise, why are you listening to this podcast? Right. Right. Like, you know, this is not a podcast you're going to like stumble upon and like, yeah, it's, I'm going to go like Joe Rogan. And then I'm going to go like the Jess VA show. And then I'm going to do this American life. It's like, you know, there's a reason why you're listening. uh, And you should listen to that little voice in your head. Yes. Yes. The voice in your head is worth listening to. Well, thank you, Jay. This was so fun. I love reminiscing about the good old days and I can't wait for us to get together again. And hopefully the next time your VA books a restaurant, it'll be for us to yeah, hang let's out do that. together. We'll make it happen. Yeah. I'm so excited um, for that day, but thanks again. You, you've taught me so much about this industry in general, but also at being a leader and running a business. So thank you for that. Yeah, very kind. Thank you, Jordan. Yes, talk to you soon. Oh my gosh, I cannot wait for Jay and Mike to open their idea store and then you can find me in the corner with my typewriter. Come in and get your ideas, folks. I'm just gonna be out there on the street like a paper boy. Ideas, get your ideas. 
Oh man, but I love Jay's advice as always. He He's very thoughtful about the words he says and the things that he puts out into the world. And I think you can take something away from that for sure. So please check him out, jbear.com, convinceandconvert.com. And you know, you can always follow him everywhere. He's pretty active in social and very active in getting things like reports out and blog posts. He always has something interesting and exciting to say. So if you want to learn more about Jay, go ahead and do that. If you want to check us out and get information about our Panic Proof Blueprint, go to panicproofblueprint.com and we'll teach you how to get out of your own way, make more time in your life, and start living a life that you love. So I'll see you there and we'll catch you next time.